Hey, it's Sarah. And I'm Erin. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Hey, friends. Um, We're here. Did you enjoy your Thanksgiving? I did enjoy my Thanksgiving. How about you? <laughs> Well, I definitely enjoyed my Thanksgiving. Did you bring me a goddamn sixlet? I left. I I forgot to bring you, them. bitch. I, I didn't even, listen. I didn't even open them. We can enjoy them. Yes. some other time. So Erin got me a sixlet. She didn't get me it. She got it for herself. But she's going to. I bought let me them. Enjoy it. I bought them to prove they were real. <laughs> Deep cut. I don't remember what episode that was, but it was from a previous episode. Or I didn't think that was actually a candy. And then someone wrote in and you're like, oh, okay, this person from Texas knows they're real. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, the person from Texas says they're real, they're real. So I found yeah, them. obviously, yes. At a family dollar in Pennsylvania. Gotta love family dollar. Yes. I didn't even open them yet, so well, we'll, we'll share them. Is it the dollar general, general where the price has gone up? Like yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's it not is. a fucking dollar store. Get out of here. Yeah, I know. And now it's the dollar 50 cent store. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> dang inflation. <laughs> God dang it. Well, anyway, today we are talking about Skinwalker Ranch. This is a good one. This is a good one. It's also connected to the episode where I previously covered Wendigos. Yes. Um, because there's lots of stories of what is actually going on on this land out in Utah. And I mm -hmm. covered two of the main ones. Um and most of the accounts are of the Sherman family. And then there are some more recent experiences. Um, the reason behind this is to eliminate any possibility of me misrepresenting indigenous people. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, that inhabited and continue to inhabit the land. I don't want to, like, say anything that's incorrect. Um, so I kind of talk about it at the end, sort of, as a, this is what has been stated Mm -hmm. Um, and I would rather focus on the unusual occurrences rather than the like colonialized version of what white people think happened mm -hmm. on the land. Um, so just the thing that I came across when I was reading about, um, Skinwalker Ranch experiences is there is a whole photography collection that was given to the University of Maryland. Did you know about this? No. Um, that everyone <laughs> clearly needed to know about this. You can find it and I will link it. Or maybe I'll post um, the link on, mm -hmm. like, Twitter or something. Um, but just so you know, in this photography collection, they refer to UAPs, which are Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, which is the new acronym instead of UFO. Okay. Because um, I guess UFO is, like, too mainstream now, I guess, or something. Oh <laughs> it's gosh. got too, like, much of a fictionalized connotation, I think. Got it. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um Okay. So UAPs. Got it. UAPs. But I still refer to them as UFOs in here because I kept messing up the acronym and then I forgot what the acronym was. And then <laughs> the I had to go back. The acronym to simplify it, not make it more complicated. Yeah. And then I kept calling them phenomenons. And then I was like, every time I spelled it, I thought I was spelling it wrong because I was saying it too many times. Like when you look at knife for too long and you're like, this, that's not a real word. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows what i'm talking yes. about where you stare at something or where you're like wait a second is it kneed instead of need <laughs> and you're like no it's not kneed it doesn't make any sense um anyway so we're hopping right in here we're in the mid 90s all right we're talking scrunchies we're talking a lot of flannel i think and they're both back scrunchies they're both and back. flannel and mom jeans and mom jeans 
So we're taking it to right now in the past. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Terry and Gwen Sherman had been living on the property in the northeastern part of Utah in the Uinta Basin. Uh, before they purchased the property, it had sat empty for seven years because the previous owners had died and no one had sold it. And the Shermans had actually been working on remodeling the property for a while before they actually moved in. Hmm. So in 1995, Terry walked outside to check on some of the pregnant animals. Hmm. They don't specify what animals mm-hmm. were pregnant, just that they were pregnant ones. <laughs> when he noticed lights hovering in the field. And at the time, he thought it must have been like vehicles, like ATVs or whatever from farm kids. Right. You know, those rapscallions <laughs> that do those kinds of things in farmlands. <laughs> Uh, But he quickly ruled that out as the farm was far away from any nearby teenagers or roads for them to be coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, Then the craft took off and soared over a 40 to 50 foot poplar poplar tree cluster. Um, And that is what immediately tipped Terry that it couldn't have been a typical vehicle. That's a direct quote from a uh, uh, article that I read about this from 1996, I believe. Um, I also read many actual physical articles from newspapers mm-hmm. for this, you and did, I'm very proud of myself. You went to primary sources. I went to primary sources, which were very difficult to actually read, some of them. And yeah. I didn't link all of them, so we're actually starting to like track our sources, I guess, for information. Like, Not that I wasn't tracking it before, but it wasn't like legit. So I've been linking all the things <laughs> in there. So I don't link all the primary sources, but there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of these things are direct quotes from the family about what happened. Um, soon after this first sighting, a dead cow was found on their land. Mm -hmm. It had a hole through its left eye, but no other signs of how it could have died. There was no blood to test, no blood Mm -hmm. anywhere and no like blood pools or anything and no signs that animals had come across it at any point in time. Hmm. No tire tracks, footprints, or paw prints were present around the body, and a strange chemical smell was present in the air. Hmm. No other description of what the chemical smell was. I just imagine, like, gnarly Windex. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that clean, gross smell? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gwen had seen a similar light show, but up against the mountain in the distance, and she said it was a red light that lit up the entire side of the mountain. Oh. Yeah. Kind of cool, but kind of freaky. Yeah. So around this time, after these first few occurrences, they decided to go to the Deseret News, which is a uh, actual news outlet that was a physical newspaper. Now I think it's only online for spooky shit in this region. Mm-hmm. And spoke about what had been occurring on their land. The property itself was a 480-acre ranch just south of Fort Duquesne. I don't know what fort. That is, and I'm probably saying it wrong. Is, does it look like Duquesne? Yes. It's Duquesne. <laughs> Duquesne, yes. Um, and what prompted them to go to the press? Well, this one was particularly intense. This particular thing that prompted them immediately to go to the press. Both Terry and his son saw an object hide behind a rock ridge, like an object like a person thing. They don't really describe it more than that when it noticed them noticing it. Oh. Yeah, like they noticed that Terry and his son were noticing it, so it went and hid behind a rock uh-huh. ridge. And both the men were able to sneak up on the thing and started waving their arms at it. I don't know why, <laughs> uh, which honestly makes absolutely no sense to me. Why are you waving your arms at it? 
Um, and when they did that, it signaled with three bright light flashes and then disappeared. Okay. Bizarre. Just disappeared like whoop out of out of thin air. Goodbye. At the time of the article, they had been living there for about 15 months with their teenage son and 10-year-old daughter. Just to give you a context, the Shermans, over their fairly brief time, they were there, saw many different types of phenomenon. Phenomena? Phenomena. If it's plural, it's phenomena, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that they couldn't explain. Um, they also recorded a few of them, but of course, this is an auditory medium, so I may post a clip if I can. I'm not sure if I'm going to, because mm. it is kind of grainy. Many times these occurred during a new moon or when the sky was stormy or overcast, so also the footage is not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, in one account of these mysterious occurrences, there were three flattened grass circles. That's how they're described in these articles. <laughs> about eight feet across in a triangular pattern and about 30 feet apart from each other. In other words, crop circles. Yes. Um, in a nearby pasture, similar circles were found, but smaller and more compacted. Like, the actual crop circle part was, like, super densely packed. Mm-hmm. Which is a weird note to make mm-hmm. about a crop circle. So it must have been particularly bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know lots of us have probably seen the many shows debunking crop circles, but when you combine this with everything we are going to be talking about, it's fairly compelling. The dead cow, the weird lights, the weird object flashing lights and then disappearing. Each of the family members had seen floating orbs of light that moved quickly and uncharacteristically on many occasions. One time an orb followed Gwen's car all the way home once. Like, from the moment she got onto the property to the moment she got Uh. to the house. Um, Many of the strange sightings are linked with cattle disappearances or Mm -hmm. mutilations. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite words to say, one of my least favorite words to think about. You like saying mutilation. It's a fun word to say. (laughs) It's a fun series of letters. Mutilation. Mutilation. Um, Four cows disappeared. Like, Without a trace, mm-hmm. and three have been mutilated beyond belief. <laughs> the Shermans claimed that many ranchers in the area had experienced cattle mutilations. However, the sheriff's department at the time, in the mid 90s, mind you, stated that there had been no reports of these crimes for over two years at the time the Shermans actually spoke to reporters. Hmm. Weird statistic to know, though. Yeah. Um, Along the same lines as the first cow mutilation story, the Shermans found another mutilated cow with the same hole in the left eye, but this time with another hole by its rectum. Oh, boy. That was six inches wide. Oh, my. And about an inch deep. Oh, I hope the thing wasn't alive when when that happened. That same chemical smell could be found around the animal as well as no blood found at the scene. Strange. Right? Many of these stories can be found with UFO stories, of course, in that area, but usually the animal was cored through the anus. Oh my gosh. And with the genitals removed. And at that point is when Will saw me um, correcting my spelling on my notes, and I said, great, you just saw me having to correct the word genitals. (laughs) And he was like, wow, what a story you have. Um, the Shermans <laughs> explain that they think the reason their mutilations don't match exactly with what was happening on other ranches is that they were able to disrupt the mutilators before they were finished. So the reason the one that had the hole was mm-hmm. only an inch deep and not 
as you'll see in a moment, as deep as the other one is mm-hmm. because they disrupted them before they were done. Mm. Seems a bit unlikely, but is um, any of this particularly likely in the traditional sense? Probably not. Um, now, these interrupting cow mutilators started to notice that their cows now were completely disappearing from the ranch. Um, one of them appeared to have been lifted from the snow where it stood. The trees above were completely flattened and broken twigs were found around the animal um, where the w- animal would have been. So that's kind of strange. Mm -hmm. Um, At this time also is when there's a resurgence of UFO sightings of like discs in the sky. This happened in the 70s and the 80s too. Mm -hmm. But in this particular area, it's like UFO central. Yep. Um, If you noticed earlier, I mentioned three cow mutilations in total, but I've only described two of the three in case you were curious. Um, Well, the last one was found a little bit before they decided to go to the press Um, but this ultimately is what decided them to move. Uh, to me, this would have been the straw that broke the camel's back and I would have noped the fuck right out of there is exactly what I wrote. Mm -hmm. The cow had a six inch wide and 18 inch deep hole cord through the rectum. I, oh my gosh. No blood was present, but that same nasty chemical smell was there. Yeah. So they noped the fuck right out of there. (laughs) Other UFO stories from the area that are notable that I wanted to bring up, obviously I'm not going to talk about Roswell. Yeah. um, But flying discs footage from a 1952 Navy officer was recorded in the area. A fireball racing across the Salt Lake City sky in 1962. Um, In 1964, Paul Peterson saw a craft come and hover over his driveway. Saw people come to the portholes of the craft. But they were silhouetted in the green light that was coming from the ship. He received a telepathic message that asked if he wanted to go with them. And he stated in his mind that he had a wife and two children. And they said back in his mind, that's okay. And the craft just took off. That's my favorite. That's okay. No biggie. That I read in an actual newspaper. Paul Peterson was like, yeah, deuces. Also, another person with the name Peterson. That's weird. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, A Lehigh woman, which is an indigenous tribe of the area, went public with her alien abduction story from 1973. In the 70s, an oil rig exploded after about 250 people saw, say they saw a UFO hovering over it. Mm -hmm. Some witnesses say the craft was removing something from the ground, a dark black but not liquid material. In 1993, alien experience... Um, there was an alien experience of seeing two different crafts and then finding three toed footprints in the area after the sighting. Um, 16 year old claims to have been abducted several times by red eyed alien at this time as well. And the Shermans ended up selling the ranch soon after the entirely cord cow was found. I'm not sure they just wanted to get out from under something they thought would continue to suck their money from the cow mutilations to the destroyed crops or whether they were just freaked out. Mm-hmm. Not really sure. But after that, Robert Bigelow bought the property months after reading the stories of the UFOs or UAPs or whatever. He set up round the clock surveillance, which yielded little to no evidence. And the ranch had then been resold to brand Brendan Fugel from the hunt for the Skinwalker <laughs> show, which I have actually started rewatching. In case you were curious, mm-hmm. it's pretty horrific. 
Mm. Pretty awful. Um, so that is one explanation of what's going on on the land is just straight UFO, alien abductions, cow mutilations, circa American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. This one feature with the aliens. Mm-hmm. That one was pretty cool. I liked that one. Yeah. Spoiler, I liked it. Aaron doesn't seem to have liked it at all. No, it was... No, I didn't. But the thing about it is, even at its worst, it's still more compelling television than most shows. That's 100% accurate. It's like, I'm like, I'm not enjoying this, but I am. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty fantastic. It's pretty fantastic. Even at its worst, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of enjoy it. So... I wanted to focus on the Sherman story because it's the most compelling. There are, of course, like hundreds and hundreds of alien abduction stories and UFO sightings from the area of that, like, Four Mm -hmm. Corners, Utah, Mm -hmm. Nevada, Arizona, Colorado? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Whatever those four states are out there. Um, Anyway, so, yeah, alien abductions. Now, there is another explanation, and it's tied to the Ute tribe. Okay. And that once had possession of all of the land in this Uinta Basin. Now there's like um, a Ute reservation. Of course, we all know about what horrific atrocities happened to the indigenous people of having their land stolen. So anyway, there is a Ute reservation um, and the ranch itself is actually surrounded by that reservation. Mm -hmm. And I'm bringing this up now as this is how this episode is actually connected to the Wendigo episode. Mm -hmm. It is incorrectly stated that the legend could be stalking the ranch itself um it being actual wendigos which is not correct as we learned in our wendigo episode because they hate the heat Mm -hmm. especially the dry heat they like it cold they like people starving they like to cannibalize Mm -hmm. some of the sightings from the shermans were of large hairy animals that were much larger than humans um which were standing on two legs some stated three times as large as a wolf that can take some rifle shots and not go down which is actually the scariest part to me. Um, and this is where we get this misinterpretation of a we- werewolf wendigo situation. Repeated sightings of these creatures hearken to a familiar tale about skinwalkers. Mm-hmm. Hence the name. And this is from the Navajo tribe and were said to be shape-shifting creatures. So this mm-hmm. is where we're getting that werewolf wendigo confusion here. They were described like evil witches that could change their physical appearance at their whim. And you might be saying to yourself, Sarah... But you've only mentioned Ute tribes and the Uinta Basin, nothing about Navajos. So how could this have all gotten mixed up? This, I'm, I'm glad for two reasons. One, you're not lumping all these tribes together and assuming they're all the same, if you notice that. Two, though, um, you're 100% right. And that's because the Navajo land was about 400 miles away from Skinwalker Ranch, but they were right next to each other. Mm. So how is this related to how it got its name? Well, the ranch is on Ute land and they were next to Navajo land and those two tribes would war all the time and the Navajo would take Ute slaves and would torture any prisoners they took. Mm. So this part is not 100% definite on my part and I actually kind of cringe putting it in here, but it's said that the Navajos cursed the Uinta Basin with a skinwalker curse and it is said that is why the land has so many strange occurrences and a plethora of skinwalker creatures. Hmm. That's why I'm not, I don't really want to go down the route of like assuming curses are a thing. I don't know. And if someone actually knows, I'd really like you to send me an email at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com because I would like to actually know. But like, I read it in like two sources that 
are not primary real sources. Um, so yeah, the recent sightings and the basis for the hunt for the skinwalker are based on these wolf-like creatures. So all these recent sightings have nothing to do with UFOs. Right. They're all these like strange lights and like large wolf-like creatures being sighted. Some UFO and skinwalker stories have actually melded into one, but for the most part, people are over the UFO sightings in the area. From time to time, they pop up, but Fugle and his group of weirdos are out hunting for something that they can hang in their living rooms. Yeah. Um, I don't think those guys are bad in total, but they're just weirdo rich guys that like guns, and they should freak everyone out. So, all in all, that's the story... Of Skinwalker Ranch, which to me was pretty fascinating after the whole Wendigo situation. Yeah. Because I remember in the hunt for the Skinwalker, they like refer to that. And I'm like, yeah. not even correct. Not even in the realm of correct. Wendigos don't like the right. heat. Right. They hate the heat. And again, I have another short episode and I feel kind of shitty about it. Don't. But it's kind of a fascinating one. Yeah. It in is. my opinion. It's like, could it be UFOs? I would prefer it to be a UFO. Oh, yeah. Me too. You know what I mean? Them just being like, you know what? We're going to keep going back to this place and sucking them dry. I'm sorry. If they show up and invite me on a journey, I'm going. I don't know. If they're coring things from the inside, I don't know about that. I don't know if your odds are good that that's going to end up, end up well. All right. So I'll ask them what they want. Yeah. I, I'd be like, <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> Will I come back? <laughs> Will I be alive when I come back? <laughs> Will I have any part of me removed? All right. You're right. I or should, enlarged. I shall. Well, that depends on what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. reduce. Please. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, we need you to um, send in some donations because we have a bunch of free stuff that we would love to get out to you for the holiday season. Um, thank you to our friends that did get their free stuff and sent us pictures. Think about maybe posting it and then tagging us in it, friend, um, so that we can share it on our, you know, Instagrams and things. Um, and about that, on that same track, maybe follow us on Facebook on and on Instagram at 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Follow us on the Twitter at Scary Shit Pod. Send us an email at 31 Nights of Scary Shit at gmail.com. Venmo us, please, so we can get, like, a new device to actually record on, and you'll get free stuff. Go to our Buy Me a Coffee if you feel so compelled, but the whole, like, fee situation, it's better if you do PayPal instead of Buy Me a Coffee. The fee is slightly better um, on your end. So, uh, yeah, friends, we just want to also make sure that you uh, stay spooky. And bye!